Hello, everyone, and welcome to our fourth installment of the True North Racing Podcast. This week's guest has been racing the Young Drivers Canadian Vintage Modifieds for the last 32 years and was this year's president of the Hobby Club. John Carley comes on to talk about the big resurgence of the hobbies in terms of car count, and we sit to talk about the state of the club, what his hopes are for the club going forward, and what he thought of the short but exciting season. Sit back, enjoy, and let's go racing. Just before we bring in John Carley, I want to talk to you about General Media Promotions. We are a media and promotions company based out of Erie, Ontario, with the goals of making your race season a memorable one. We provide multiple services to help your team and sponsors reach new heights. For more information, contact us at jumbospromos at gmail.com. That's J-O-M-O promos at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Jumbo Media. All right, everyone. Here's our guest of the week, John Carley. John, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, I want to take you. I want to thank you. Uh, take a moment here to thank you for coming on here. It is. This should be a fun one. It's. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> you you got you got a long schedule. You got a long schedule for me. So uh, I I hope you got some good questions. Looking forward to it. Uh, I got a couple. Informative. <laughs> we'll I got a couple. So this should be fun. So let's uh, let's take a real quick second here. And uh, uh, so how so you are the current president of the Young Drivers Canadian Vintage Modifieds, correct? I am. Well, when this episode airs, it'll be after our the general meeting that you're having on the twenty second. So then I might not be. So you may not be. So <laughs> as of this, as November, of recording. <laughs> yeah. As of recording, November twenty second is is the meeting. So if somebody wants to run against me, uh, have at it. Uh, uh, and if you do run against me, if you did run against me and you won, uh, good luck. Congratulations. I will concede. I won't drag it out. Uh, <laughs> but, and, and, and I will work with you to make sure that the club goes forward uh, in the direction that I, I think uh, is good. And, and we're doing a good job of it right now. So. Uh, we'll see. I'm not arrogant enough to assume that I will be the president in 2021, but uh, that's that's the goal. Well, after the uh, after the um, the big year we actually had in terms of car counts that we haven't seen in quite a while, um, you started spearheading this a year ago when you got elected, correct? I started spearheading this probably five years ago. Uh, I've been. I'd been preaching this probably even more than that been preaching this and there weren't enough people listening until I started getting involved with the pure stocks and mini stocks. And, uh, I have not, I have not publicly, uh, said anything negative about anybody else that's been in or involved or, um, been in, involved with the club and, and, and I'm not about to, I'm about to, uh, continue building the club up with the positivity that we've shown over the last year. And, and I think there is, from what I've been told uh, over the last month, we, we have a lot of big growth still ahead of us. Oh, it's good to hear. So you acquired a second car earlier this year in the 25 car that was driven by Max Wright. How did that uh, deal come about for you? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> it came about because I, I found out that the 25 car was up for sale. 
um, that we, that it was going to be sold. And um, Brian Atkinson, who owned it, said absolutely no. Uh, John Wright, who owned it, sorry, yeah. originally owned it and built it. Uh, John Wright bought it, and his son Max raced it. Um, they have too many commitments on the go. They couldn't go forward time-wise to keep that car competitive and, and there on a weekly basis. So uh, I reached out to John and said, what's it going to take uh, to keep that car uh, active on a regular basis? And he said, absolutely no way will the car be sold outside of Canada. So um, he was, he was, me and him came to an agreement and uh, I bought it and put uh, Connor Ross in it. Which I saw, I was actually at the practice. Uh, I think it was a Sunday or something like that. And I saw him practicing and he started off slow, but he, by the end of it, he seemed to be uh, having some pretty decent speed in that car. I was pretty impressed. Uh, he, he's raced a few times in go-karts. I don't know exact numbers of how many times, but he did race in go-karts. And, uh, but he's never raced a full, a full size car. He's done a lot of eye racing. Yep. And, and, and what we've all learned over the course of COVID is, uh, I racing, uh, I, I I'm going to be completely honest here. It, it's a freaking <laughs> video game yet, yet over the course of COVID, it has taken me back in time to that. This isn't the video games I grew up with. Yep. This is, other than the heat, the stress, and the pain of wrecking, and the cost of repairs, yep. it's, ra- it's racing. Like, uh, these guys, the, the eight car, uh, Rick, Ricky Williger, yep. won Rookie of the Year this year, and he had never driven a car. Like, he never driven a race car. And, and went out and won the Memorial Race. Like, yeah, he, he was practicing a lot. He was practicing a lot with the car, but prior to that, the only thing he'd ever raced is iRacing. Yeah. And I don't know what his setup was. I don't know whether he had – because, I mean, they're not, they're not a, a highfalutin, uh, money pockets family. So I don't know what kind of setup he had, but I wouldn't imagine it's a $75,000 setup. I'd imagine it's a steering wheel, a monitor, and a pedal. Yeah, and and he and he come out and raced against veterans. Uh, they, they they and I hate to call him a kid, but he's twenty four years old. But he's he's uh he's good. And, yeah. And so so taking the amount of the amount of time that he's practiced and the amount of racing he's done with iRacing, racing, I think Connor Ross, yeah, you know being as young as he is, I think with the right equipment, he's going to be on that same level. Yeah. Uh, he's got some work to do. Uh, he works on the car. Him and his dad come once a week and spend their night working on the car and he gets his hands dirty and he's learning and he, he's going to get better every week, every week that he learns on the car, the physical, you know, drilling rivets and grinding yep. and cutting um, that all plays into how you drive the race car. So I, I think going forward, uh, he, he's going to be a pretty good driver. For sure. For sure. And uh, 
so is so is Connor coming back full time in the twenty five car next year? Is that the plan? Is that's the plan. The plan okay. is I own I own the car. Um, Adam, Adam, and uh, as far as I know, uh, Big Eddie Askin is the crew chief. Adam's the uh, the grunt work. He's the tire changer, and yep. uh, Connor's going to be the driver. Connor's going to learn really quick that the title driver doesn't mean that you're not a grunt. You're going to move. <laughs> you're still going to change tires and do all the stuff that Big Eddie says to do because that's the way it works. Yeah, th- this is a NASCAR. This is local level. You do all the work just as much as your crew does. Yeah, until you're paying the bills, then <laughs> uh, you're you're going to be doing the work. So for sure. I, I mean, I. I pay the bills and I'm doing the work. So yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't stop. It's the love of the sport. Exactly. And are you going to be returning next year in the 19 car? Uh, yes. Okay. I, I, I'd like to say I'm, I'm, um, I mean, I'm getting old and I'm getting sore and I'm getting tired, but I bought a second car and in COVID. And so we're going to, we're going to fill two cars and we're going to have fun. And, um, there, there will be some surprises. I, I don't think I'm going to run the car uh, full time. Okay. Um, there's a certain girl that runs in the. Uh, I'm going to say this and find out how many people listen to this podcast because there's a certain girl that runs in the mini stocks that I've supported over the last few years that um, I'd love to see her drive a hobby car. And uh, if she's if she's willing, I'm I'm uh, happy to put her in the car. Um, there's a couple other people I'd like to see, uh, take some laps in the car. Uh, I know, um, well, I better not say that name. There's a couple of, there's a couple of big names that have, have said they'd love to drive a hobby car and I've put it out there. I know, uh, Jeff Bedell, who used to race in the hobby club, I've offered it to him. Uh, John Hasselfeld, I offered it to him. Uh, there's, there's a few guys I'd like to see. I, I just like to see different people get in a car and get the love of the sport back. Um, yeah. You know, and if we, if we get another driver, another car out there, uh, that's good for the sport. For sure. So real quick here, the big name that we're, I, I'm probably thinking the same one here. Cause I think he contacted me on Instagram through the CVM page, I believe starts with a J correct. What's that? Uh, yes. JR. Yeah. Yeah. He he expressed some interest earlier this year in in possibly uh, finding a ride, which would be yep. awesome to see him in a car there. Yeah, if he if he does if he doesn't end up driving doing laps in mine, uh, I'm sure we'll get him out for one this year. There's another one that drove uh, some NASCAR laps, many, okay. many many NASCAR laps that I'd love to see come out and do some uh, laps in the car. So there's two NASCAR drivers that. Uh, we're talking about that um, over the years have expressed interest in doing some laps in a hobby car. So that that's just cool in itself. I mean, we can drop some names like that. There's, there's no shame in them. (laughs) I know there's no shame in them, but I don't want to put them on the spot. Like it. No, for sure. For sure. You you know, I don't want them to think that uh, now they have to do it because, but I mean, if we wanted to put the pressure on them, it's not hard to put their name out on Facebook and just say, or social media as a whole. And no, say, not at uh, all. Yeah, you know what? The seat's available. So what's your excuse for not getting in it? We yeah. could do that. We could do that next in 2021 and, uh, and get them in. But I think they would do it anyway they, because they're racers. Oh, for sure. 
so, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't only want to see, I'm sorry. I, you get okay. me wound up. I'm sorry. No, I want you to do this. This is awesome. I, I don't want to just see experienced drivers wanting to do some laps in a hobby car. Uh, I also want to see people that, you know, pure stocks, mini stocks. I want to see those guys get out and, and, you know, come and, you know what, uh, I'll put people in the car. Yep. It, it it depends on how you treat the equipment. Like if if you're constantly wrecking your own equipment, I'm not interested in you putting. I'm not interested in doing 35 hours work to fix the car for next week because you have no respect for it. Yeah. And, and young young drivers, and I've said this a thousand times, young drivers, if you're listening, if you're driving a pure stock or mini stock, if you're driving a super stock or a late model. If you're constantly wrecking your equipment, it, you, that's not a driver. A driver is keeping track of how, how you did last week, how you can improve this week, how you can keep your equipment underneath you and finish the race. But if you start a 100-lap race and you only finish 25 laps of it, you, who's, whose fault is that? Yeah. You either didn't do the work on the car during the week to keep it maintained or you were reckless when you were on the track and caused a wreck and wreck your own equipment. Don't do that. That that doesn't get you you're not going to NASCAR from from Flamborough Speedway. No. You know, it would be nice if once a year we had somebody go to NASCAR, but that it's it's not a it's you're a short track racer in Ontario. You're not you're not in Mooresville, North Carolina. Yeah, so, we do we do this as a hobby, not as a as a career. Yeah. So you so the the young guns out there that think that they're all that and every time they're in a wreck and there's certain drivers i love to name this handful of drivers <laughs> but, and, and, and i certainly hope they're listening but i can guarantee if they're listening they don't think it's them i'm talking about but if every time you're in a wreck it's somebody else's fault you need to go home and look in the mirror because the guy looking back at you is the cause of most of those wrecks yeah. Because every time I've seen this handful of young guns that are out there in wrecks, no matter what division it's in, our division, mini stock, pure stock, late model, super stock, doesn't matter. If I see these same handful of drivers, when the video comes out, 90% of the time it's their fault. Yeah. But they, but, but they mouth off on social media. And me as a sponsor, you'll never get a dollar out of me as a sponsor. You'll never get an attaboy out of me as a sponsor. Because you mouthed off on social media for two weeks and then all of a sudden the video come out and you shut up. But you never went back on social media and went, dude, I, you know what? I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it was me. I made the mistake. I come up on you and put you in the wall. I, my bad. Yeah. You know what? You're a dick. Yeah. You're, you're, to me, you're not a racer. You're, you're just out there doing laps and wrecking people. Yeah. And that, and that's something you never want to see is, is you, you want to go home with a car in one piece. You don't want each week. You want, you don't want to do a whole lot of work. You just want to make sure you do maintenance, improve on your car, bring it out the following week and charge to the front. Yep. I mean, if you got a mechanical failure or you stick it in a hole and, and it doesn't work, uh, you know, there are racing incidences yep. I, and I'll get, and I'll give you that. And I don't mind working on my car through the week because of a racing incident. But I have a big issue with if you just think that you have to do what you have to do to win and to hell with everybody else, that's not racing. Yeah. Or 
you know, or or the, the other question I get asked a lot is, what do you, what do you think of young drivers, 13, 14, 15 year old drivers, uh, driving uh, late models, or driving super stocks, or driving modifieds? What what do you think of the young drivers? I I've been asked many times, Lapsoviches. What do you think when they started? What did you think? And it, my first opinion was, I didn't like it. But I was sitting up at sunset, and Pete Shepard was sitting. Pete and Sharon were sitting in front of me. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I think it was the second year that that the youngest Lapsovich, like when he was young, the yeah. older Lapsovich when he was young. And I get the two mixed up. That's why I'm not saying his name because I always get I always get the wrong one. <laughs> but he he was like. 14 he was running he was running at sunset and uh we were up at the race and I, i'm sitting behind him and and somebody around me said something about what uh, asked me the question what do you think of him driving at that age and my immediate reaction was i don't like it i don't like it i don't i don't think it's good for the sport and so i'm gonna there's people that are going to hear that from me and say well you're wrong okay now i'm wrong but back then, my my uh, thought was, it, I don't like it because they're just kids. Yeah. So I said to whoever was sitting beside me uh, we, when the conversations happened, and then I looked at whoever was sitting beside me, and I said, my problem is when you're on the racetrack and the incident happens, no matter whose fault it is, so me and the kid get into a wreck. And I'm not just using laps of it. I'll, use, I'll just say kid. So yep. anybody who's 14 years old, we get into a wreck together. And, and so he hit me and put me in the wall. Who do I deal with? And, and Pete Shepard turned around and looked at me and he said, you deal with me being the father. And I looked at him, I said, no, you're not in the car. I said, he's the one who spun me. Whether it was his fault or whether he made a mistake or whether he did it on purpose, he spun me. Or the other way around, I spun him. It's yeah. me and him that are on the track. And my problem is, as a, as a big-ass man, I'm a bully if I get out of the car and say, dude, you, you wrecked me, and I have an yeah. issue with it. And, and then Pete looked at me and goes, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. When you look at it from that point of view – the old man's got to stay out of it because if if you want respect, you earn the respect on the track. Yeah. If you're, if your mom or dad have to have to always stand up for you and fight your battles, you best leave your car in the garage because you're no longer the race car driver. Your mom is, yeah. or your dad is, or your uncle is whoever, whoever's constantly melting off and causing grief because you made a mistake on the track and you bring it in the pits and start a problem. And now one of your relatives has to stand up for you. Okay, man up or woman up, you're the driver of the car. And if somebody on like my my crew chief will not fight my battles. He has told me for 25 years, you do something on the track that that somebody's going to come and have an issue with you. It, when they come, I, I'll stand beside you, but it's between you and him. If their crew comes and wants to cause a problem, that's a different story. But he's yeah. always said. It should always be the two drivers. 100% so, I feel so, that way too. So I, I like the fact that as a, as a club, we're, we invite the kids. You're 14 years old. You can drive in our club. I believe uh, Quinn Murdoch there is 14, correct? Yep. And, and a hell of a driver. 
hundred percent. He impressed me I this year. I would not. Yeah, he impressed all of us. There's there's a bunch of us veterans that stood back and went, <laughs> "Holy shit, that kid can drive." Yeah, you, you I, know, and not and not and not be afraid of if incidents happen. He's not afraid to stand there and say, "You know, I screwed up," or "You screwed up," but yeah. I'm sure that helped too because he's also been racing uh, racing carts for the past couple of years. Yep. Right. Yep, so he he does which have helps. that racing experience, just not full size car on an oval going round. Right. He's yep. making left and rights, not really also being near people sometimes, but getting into a car, being as close proximity with as guys such as yourself, it does add to its own difficulties throughout a season that and he overcame them really quickly. Yeah, he's smooth, and and yeah, all the carding guys that come in, they're smooth, and they, yeah, yeah, they're smoother than us old guys. They just manhandle the car. And yeah. So, like, luckily, I haven't. Uh, luckily, so far, I haven't been passed by him, but uh, <laughs> like like a straight up pass. Yep. Uh, uh, it's coming though. Hundred percent. And and when once the young guys start passing me on a regular basis, it's time for me to step back and retire. <laughs> Because I I can't keep up with him anymore. I, I can honestly see Quinn next year finishing in the it, like finishing top five almost on a regular basis if he keeps improving as a driver and keeps putting <laughs> keeps putting a solid laps down each race. Well, and and the nice thing is, so you have a we we have and I can't even say a handful of rookies. It's like twelve. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm gonna I'm not gonna jump all over the place here because that's just kind of what I do. But oh no worries. Uh, my my goal for 2020 was 20 cars. Yep. We surpassed we surpassed that. We had 24 different cars come out. 23 on one night. Yep. Uh, my goal for 2021 is 30 cars, and my goal for 2022, if I get to that point, is 40 cars. Nice. Right now, right now for 2021, we have. 38 cars uh, that will be registered. Uh, there's three of them that are being built brand new. Um, so we have 38 cars and we have 12 to 14 rookies. Okay. So we should have 20, 24 to 26 cars every night. Yep. Our payouts, our payouts are unbelievable. We're 425 to win. We're 125 to start. So our, our payout on a weekly basis it's the same as a late model race on our payout's like $4,600 on a weekly basis. And a late model payout is 4,600 bucks somewhere around there. Well, except when they run doubles, when they just run yeah. one thirty lap race, we're, we're the same. If and I think they're 45 based on 24 and we're 46 50. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're, we're paying up, but we're also paying out further to the back. So everybody gets a cut of the pie. Yeah. Um, but we're going to have 12 to 14 rookies. So, the rookies that want to keep their car in the garage, you know, if we run 18 races next year and you don't want to run your car and you only run six races, all right, you're not going to be a runner for rookie of the year. Rookie of the year is the highest finishing rookie for the year. So yeah. if, if there's 18 races, you need to make 18 races. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't yeah. afford to almost, you can't afford to sit out at even one race. There is no drop nights. So you, you can't sit out like uh, the eight car got rookie of the year this year based on a three race. It was the season that never was. Yeah. TJ Marshall won the, won the season championship. And the only other award we're handing out is rookie of the year. Uh, 
which is the eight car, because yeah. we have so many rookies, we need to drop him out of the rookie of the year for next year to give other people a chance to win rookie of the year. Exactly. I, I mean, so uh, he did he legitimately. If we, if we ran a full season, you stretch this out, he would have won the rookie of the year anyway, because he, he just was improved. He improved every week. Yeah. Um, if we were to hand out a, another trophy, it would be uh, best pit crew. And I, and I would hands down uh, nominate and, and vote on uh, the TJ Marshall, uh, Randy Marshall and Jimmy Swears, the amount they have done, not just for my team, um, for the 53 car when he wrecked. Yeah. Uh, there was a whole bunch of cars that they jumped all over the 07 car when he wrecked. Uh, they were right there. What do you need? Yep. You know, um, if, if John at Flamborough machine shop had a car, he'd be part of the rookie of the year as well. Our uh, best picture as well. Cause I mean, he opened up a shop during race nights that I'll go over and I'll do some machine work and bring your part back and put it on your car so you can make the feature. Yeah. So, you know, huge, huge. So we're going to jump. So we're going to kind of jump back in time here a little bit, if that's fine. We yeah, are going to, we are going to, it's your show. It's your show, man. <laughs> I'm just, I just, I get rambling and I will talk. I, I, I don't like to talk and everybody that knows me right now is laughing, but uh, it's your show. You just ask the questions and then I'll ramble. Exactly. So why don't you, so for anyone who doesn't know, this is the Canadian Vintage Modifieds that are presented by Young Drivers of Canada. I, how will we get one of the longer time or longer tier drivers to explain to us exactly what a Canadian Vintage Modified is? A hobby car. Or a hobby it's car. A, it's a pre-1949 coach or coupe. Um, up until this year, it was original from the window up. Now you can hand make one uh, as long as it appears to be uh, original. Uh, there's, a, there's, there's no car right now in the club that is hand, the body is not handmade. Every car right now in the club is an original uh, pre-49 coach or coupe, steel body. Uh, underneath is a, we have a frame uh, in our road book. If you go to our website, uh, vintagemods.com there's a downloadable rule book and it has the dimensions of the frame everybody has to follow that those dimensions yep. uh, it, it has aluminum sides you make the sides you make the hood it has to be a steel hood aluminum hood yep. uh, you can make you can run without a nose cone like just the front bumper or you can build your nose cone uh, most of the cars have a custom built like we all build our own just to make it a nice shape. Yep. You don't have you don't have to have the nose cone. That's not a mandatory rule. <clears throat> you have to have your seat belts. You have to have your aluminum racing seat. You have to have a current helmet. Mm -hmm. um, you can run a Hans, uh, a, not a Hans device. You can run a Hans if you want, but a, a head and neck restraint. It's not mandatory, but it's it's recommended. Yep. Uh, up until last year, you weren't allowed, or a couple of years ago, you weren't allowed mirrors, but now you are. Last year, I brought in that you're allowed radios. Uh, you're allowed a, a 602 crate motor, yep. sealed at a sealed 602 as it came from GM. Uh, so every everybody's on the same page, or you can still run 
uh, up to 256 cubic inch inline six uh, uh, cylinder engine, whether it's Ford or Chevy. So actually, let's years. let's quickly talk about that. Actually, quickly there before we continue this. Yep. Is uh, what was that? I want to say it was about 2007, 2008 when you guys decided to adopt to add the 602 crate in there. Yep. And it was met by a lot of, from what I from what I remember and hearing. That it was actually met with a lot of head-on-head collisions there, correct? Or, or am I complete? Or was it very right. accepting of the club? Uh, no, we we were the first. The nineteen car ran the first year with the crate. We and the only way we were allowed to do it is we had to run for no points. Yeah. So we ran ran the whole year for no points, just to just to show it would work, um, and and it did. Uh, we we adjusted the rules. A six-cylinder car. An inline six-cylinder car with 256 cubic inch pushes around. The last one that I built was built by More Power out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. It was $10,000 Canadian, and that was a deal. Like they they did a bunch of work for free, so yeah. it would have been closer to 15 grand. And it on the dyno pushed 356 horse, but a 250 a 250 cubic inch motor. It blew up. After a couple of races, it blew up at Cayuga going into turn three. Uh, the the intake, the number one intake valve was stuck, melted into the battery, like oh, it wow. like it exploded. But I mean, I was pushing it too. Yep. But that that being said, you can buy a crate motor for uh, for now forty eight hundred bucks. Yep. And and get six years out of it without any issue, other than changing the oil. Um, now you have to weigh with the crate, with the inline, you have to weigh 2,300 pounds with a crate motor. You have to weigh 2,425 pounds. That was how we equalized the the crate motor has more torque, yep. but only has, because we run a two, uh, two barrel Holly carburetor stock 4412, two barrel Holly carburetor. Can't touch the carburetor. Can't touch the engine. It can't go to leach or McGonagall or anybody else, it has to be the way it comes from GM and it's sealed right now from Klotz Motors in Cambridge. Yep. Um, it pushes with the two barrel 330 horse. So your six owner will push more horsepower, but not as much torque. Yeah. So we equalized it by weight and it, and it really worked because uh, Daryl Hemwood won. There were three feature winners last year and Daryl yep. Hemwood's got a six, six owner and he won the feature. Yep, that was our July 25th race, if I'm not mistaken, his, yep. is when he took the feature win there. Yep. And then and uh, the eight, TJ eight, has eight, an eight. And so does the eight car. Yeah. Okay, so then let's now let's continue with the <laughs> – kind of go back. So actually – actually, sorry, let's continue that with that actually is yep. is what was the pushback from – like why was there a pushback in allowing the well, 602 compared to the six-cylinder? For, for years – for years, uh, everybody wanted the club to stay the way it was in the 70s. Yeah. And, and you have to move forward. So once engines started becoming ten dollars it, it you had to look at the dollar. Uh, so guys didn't want – so let, let's even go further back than 2007. Okay. Ten years before that, there were guys that wanted to run an eight-cylinder, and they wanted it to be – so what, what they wanted to do is take a three, a, a stock 350 and put together an engine and then give you a list of parts that these are the parts you can use 
and and that's how they were going to control the cost. Yeah. And and some of us, our argument back to that was, that's how the motors back in the day started with late models and black diamond cars and and uh, going to whatever as far back as you want. Yeah. Here's here you can run a a, a three fifty engine, but it has to be junkyard parts. It, it can't be store bought parts. Yeah. Well. Joe Blow had a machine shop and took the junkyard parts parts <coughs> and machined them all down and took all the rough edges off and balanced it, put it back in the car and had 50 more horsepower than the guys that were buying it from the junkyard. So he didn't break the rule. He just was more ingenious and cleaned up the parts and made them better. Okay. So now the price of the engine went up because the guy down the road who bought a junkyard motor has to now go to Joe Blow and say, what's it going to cost for you to do that to my engine? Yeah. And then, and then he has a thought and goes, well, what if we did this? And now all of a sudden the engine's more, and then all of a sudden it becomes a $30,000 engine. Yeah. So the argument from the ones that wanted to see a crate come in to save the club was it's already sealed from GM. Well, the cheaters out there that don't respect, uh, the system that we're trying that was trying to be put in place. Well, we'll we'll just cut those seals off because you can buy them on the internet and get new seals. We'll cheat up the inside of the motor and then put the seals back on. Yeah. Okay, you you're not beating me. You're beating yourself. Yeah, you're taking home the winner purse, and yeah, you're winning the race. You didn't beat me though, and I know you didn't beat me because your car's cheated up. So in our in our club. We're very proud of the fact that in 57 years, only one team has ever been disqualified for cheating in an engine. And that, and that driver, I'm not going to mention who it was, but uh, because that driver never did it intentionally, even the engine builder sent a letter to the club saying it wasn't his fault. I misread. It was, it was a valve size and it was like minuscule. It wasn't enough to make a difference on, on winning or losing, yeah. but the rule was the rule and the valve was too small or too big. So he got disqualified for a year. Now okay. is this, how far, how far back was that? Can we, can we go with that? Oh, probably in the eighties, okay. mid mid eighties. Um, and, and the, the driver still feels bad about it. Like, um, the engine builder felt bad about it for years and, and the engine builder sponsored the club. Uh, but it, he didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't a uh, and, purposeful and it, cheat. It was just an accidental it, cheat. And, correct. And it wasn't, yeah. and it didn't make a difference whether he would have won or lost the the race, uh, yeah. the, the season, whatever. It didn't make a difference. But if you're going to open up a sealed, in my opinion, I think any division that runs a, a 604 or a 602, it should be the way, the way dirt does it. It's the way it comes from GM. So yeah. they do the same thing we do. We only use one engine builder. They use three. It has to go to them and they seal it. There's no messing around with it. If you're going to run a 604 motor in the a APC series, that motor shouldn't be going to any. Cause, so you buy a 604 motor, which is the more powerful yeah. uh, of the crate motors. I, I got to watch out. No, you know what? I don't care. I, because <laughs> to me, it's all, to me, it's all about building up racing and, and, and bringing in new teams. But yeah, if you go buy a 604 motor for nine thousand dollars, 
And then you have to take it to an engine builder to have him take it apart to clean it up and fix all the stuff that GM did wrong because it was supposed to be just a sealed motor. And now they charge you another $10,000. Now it's a $20,000, $30,000 engine. Yeah. If you want to do that, go build, a, go build a built motor and have a rule that says you can run a built motor and add weight to the car. Yeah. But if it's supposed to be a GM stock, that's the whole idea was to save racing. So that's what we did in our club. And now if you buy a car and you want to put a crate in it, it has to go to the engine builder and be sealed. So we're all on the same page. So TJ Marshall has the same motor that Jared Murphy has, that I have, that the seven car has, that go through the list. Anybody who's got, they've all gone and been sealed. So in order to run a 602 in our car, in our club, you have to have it sealed. And those numbers are marked down. You can't, you can sell that motor to somebody else, but those seals can't be touched. And that gets transferred to the, um, to the new team, but all the engines are the same. So now when you go out and TJ beats me, he didn't beat me because he has uh, more power in his motor. He beat me because they go out on a weekly basis and practice at the track and get their car better. Yeah. And, and that's what you want to see racing be the better driver wins, not the guy who can cheat up his car the best. Or not even cheat. I say cheat up. But I don't mean whoever's taking a six hundred four. I got to clarify that. That <laughs> if you've taken a if you've taken a motor legally and went to an engine builder and had them do what they do and then reseal it, you didn't cheat. That's within the rules. You're within the rules and within your rights to do that. I just think it's wrong because that just takes the low buck teams out of the picture. It's only the high buck teams that can do it. So yeah. the low buck teams can't. I'm not saying you're cheating if you're doing that right now within the rules it's allowed okay so so as we continue with the car here is it it definitely is a unique car and honestly when i got into racing uh i'd say 15 years ago now looking back at it i always drew to the cvms i oh that was one of my favorite classes whenever i got to go to flamborough that was the class I wanted to watch that you guys always put on a heck of a show whenever you guys were there. And it, 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 to me, it is one of the more exciting. You don't get a better show than seeing 15 to 20 vintage cars, such like <laughs> go out on the track like that and, and compete at a high level. It's, and the, it's some of the best all, racing in Ontario. And they all look different. Exactly. No two cars. But I want to clarify something. You said was. I hope it still it, is. It, it is my favorite. It is my favorite. When this gets broadcast, you should be, you should have been elected to be on the 2021 committee because your name's yep. on the list as a nominee for the 2021 committee. So uh, hopefully you did because you're our social media guy and I'd like to see that get carried on. Um, that being said, that's one of the things that I love about this club is all the cars don't look the same. They all look different. Yeah. They, you know, it's so cool to watch when I, when I'm, when somebody else is driving my car or when I'm wrecked and I watch the feature from the fence, I think, my God, I would never drive one of those things. They're fast and scary and, and inches off each other. And then when I get in the car, it's a totally different feeling because yeah, uh, nothing <laughs> 
and the fact that they're not a fendered car either that they're that they are a open wheel style car it it adds to it more because you bump wheels with someone it, it could not spell catastrophe but there could be a hard act well, uh, wreck you, coming from that you, and you, could yes, I'm... <laughs> you could ride the wall yeah with with I your know... back end <laughs> I, I know a guy who rode the wall through one and two. It's you can do a lot of damage with those wheels touching. Talk, talk oh, that wasn't a, a touch. That wasn't a touch wheel. That was a bumper. Yeah. Bumper to bump. That that was just a misplaced bumper there. Yeah. But let's on, actually, on you know the, what? Let's talk about that. What? So we were on GeForce TV on June twentieth, and yep, look it up. Look it up. Go to YouTube and look it up. Look it up. It, it's an. <laughs> you don't see what what transpires, but all you see is. John climbed the wall and then went well, you the hear, back. You hear Adam Ross yell, contact. Yeah. And then, uh, and then there you are, up, ass end up just sliding all the way through one and two up on the edge of the wall. It is it's yeah, and if you, scary. If you slow it down, when it's on the wall, on the bottom wall, not the top wall. Yep. When it's on the bottom wall before it climbs all the way up, if you slow it down and just go a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. When I'm sitting in that car, I'm, I, I, I've got my arms crossed so that I don't hurt my arm, hurt my yep. hands. And uh, I'm hard on the gas for the simple fact that the car is on such an angle. I can't get my foot off the gas pedal because I'm trying to hold myself from falling over. Yeah. Because if you, when you slow it down, if you look at the right side of the car, it comes off that wall and starts rolling back onto the track. Yeah. So I would have rolled onto my lid on the track and, and I felt that in the car, but I'm on the gas and Adam Ross makes a comment uh, later on uh, when they're cleaning the wreck up that I did a burnout on the wrong side of the wall, but I was trying to hold the car from rolling over yeah. and it, and it caught, it took me up to the second wall, which you see a puff of smoke because it hits that butt end of that wall hits my right axle, my yeah. right rear axle and the right rear cross member and just destroys it. And, and then turns me sideways again, keep me from rolling over. And then I finished the ride, but it was a pretty, my uh, right, my right thigh on the outside still has a numb. I can't, if I touch it, it's numb. It's, I can't get the feeling back into it. Oh but man. It's getting better. It's, but it's yeah. Better. But that, even from my angle, because I was down in uh, turn four there where you guys enter the track, all of a sudden just kind of seeing you kind of ride that wall down there, I was like, oh, this may not end well. But I was like, and, and you get out of the car, and then I think you made one of the best comments ever. Because I remember after we watched this, I laughed for a solid 10 minutes. Say, you went in, I believe you went on and said that um, uh, G Force came in here and said you they wanted, wanted to show. show. There and you is. got yeah exactly and that i laugh for a solid 10 minutes because like that is exactly who you are like you, well, you, you're not gonna get out of the car and get upset you're gonna be you're, you're still trying to be as positive as possible even after something like that well to be honest i sat in the car when the car come to a stop one of the safety guys got over there and asked me if i was all right because i sat in the car for i i sat, it seemed like a long time but yeah, um, when you watch the video, it, it doesn't. It's not as long. But when I was sitting in there, I was taking my gloves off, took the steering wheel off, took my helmet off, taking deep breaths, just kind of reliving what just happened. And 
and kind of get my composure so that I didn't get out of the car and start hooting and screaming and blaming and all yeah. this. So when I got out of the car, uh, that was genuine. It was, you wanted a show, here's your show. Like, you know, uh, uh, I'm not going to badmouth anybody. The the guy who hit me did is not a, he's aggressive, but he's not a dirty driver. Uh, he certainly didn't mean to, to put me up on the wall. And if you watch the victory lane interview, he, yep. for, you could tell he didn't get out of the car. Like he normally wouldn't wave the flag. He was very subdued, waited to answer the first couple of questions and then interrupted and said, I just want to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like and that was in our first feature, correct? Of the, like our yep. first half yep. of the feature. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I feel, uh, I respect the fact that he did that. And then his father and, and uh, uh, Randy and Jimmy Swears called me on Sunday morning. Uh, I think they were up all night celebrating the, the win, but yeah. they, they called me Sunday morning and said, bring the car over and uh, we'll fix it for you. And I, and I said, I, don't, I, I have a crew. I don't want you fixing the car. It's my car. We'll fix it. Uh, and they called me the next day and then they called me again on Tuesday. And <laughs> I talked to my crew and uh, they, they, they didn't fix it. They helped fix it. Uh, yeah. I, I paid for the parts, but they put, they put the time in and, and uh, we got the car back together enough. And there was like uh, Gus Klotz come over and offered uh, their shop. You know, if you, if you need anything extra, John at John Van Weingarten at Plamer Machine Shop. If you need anything, just call um, Adam Grisdale at Grisdale Enterprises. We ordered parts and he did what he could to get us the parts on time. And it was uh, it, it was a lot of people reaching out and saying, what can we do? And from that, they reached out, the, the 15 car reached out to the 80 car who was having problems and said, all right, we're done working on John's car. Bring your car over and we'll take a look at it. And they helped her get uh, kind of sorted out. So that's why I say they should get, they should get best picture because all, all of that, um, it just it just showed how much this club means to the members that are in the club. Yeah, because you it's it, you're almost one big family. Like you're not. It, it's it's whereas a late model, you're your team. You don't really go interact with anyone else. With the hobby, so much there's so much money involved with higher end racing. Yeah, and I I don't even want to say higher end racing because bang for the buck, our cars horsepower to weight. Our cars are right up there with anybody. Yeah. So, you know, we're 350 horsepower to, to 2,400 pounds. Um, you know, the, the late models are 400 and 420 horsepower to 3,600 pounds or 3,400 pounds. So yeah. Power to weight. We're, we're race cars. We're not, we, I mean, we're, we're, we're nothing to sneeze at, but. You're not a Sunday drive. You're an actual competitive class. Correct. And, and that's why we're trying to bring. You know, we're trying to bring up the laps because we were always a 10-lap heat and then a 20-lap feature. Okay, yeah. well, when the mini stocks and the pure stocks can go out and run 40 and 50 laps, that's why our regular lap now, it's 10 laps for the heat and then it's 30 laps for the feature. Yeah. Uh, our specials, we have, we have more than one special through the year and they're 40 laps. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we want to show that you want to you want to come out and have some fun. Come on out and have some fun, but bring bring the excitement and bring the positivity. 
Exactly. Uh, one, one of the things we tried to do over the last year is the negativity has gone on the club. If, if you want to be negative and you want to be, you want to bad mouth the club or you want to talk down to the club, you're not welcome. Yeah. We, we don't you go race somewhere else. And that's, that's the one thing that I've really liked uh, watching you over the past year is that a lot of the negativity, I, like I've never really heard a lot of negativity from, from the vintage modifieds, but it was always with, in house. It yeah. It was never, it was never on social media. No, but even still with, with you taking over the reins, it, I saw a big upswing compared to years past. And I can only feel like that was, that started with you and has trickled down throughout the club to weed out the negativity ones and make sure that whoever comes to the track is people that want to be there, want to race and be a part of part of this. And it's not about one car. No. And I, I've got myself in trouble. I was president back in 2000, 2000 four times in the beginning of the 2000s. Yep. And, and I made a comment to a team. Uh, they're, they're no longer part of the club, but uh, years ago they were gone. But I made a comment once. Uh, they got black flagged quite often because the, the driver is young and made a bunch of stupid mistakes, and, and he would get black flagged. And at one time his father come to say something to me as president about their team and about the way they're being treated. And I looked at him, I said, um, you're, I forget exactly how I worded it, but to this day, the father won't talk to me. He, he, he has nothing to do with me because I said, what, what I said and what I meant, he took it the wrong way. What I said, uh, paraphrased was, your car doesn't matter. It's about the club. Yeah. If, you're, if your car is always causing an accident, always getting black flagged, it's about the club and how the club looks and how the club is perceived and how we are as an organization, not about one car. But all he heard was, your car doesn't matter. He didn't hear the rest of the sentences. All he heard was, your car doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and, and I was young and didn't think that through. But I, that, what I meant is exactly what I said at the end of it. It's about our organization and how we are perceived and how we do as an organization. Yeah. So if you're always out there causing a wreck and just holding up the show, that's not good for us as a club. So now I forget why I, why I made that comment. I just said a brain, a brain fog. Yeah. So let's can, let's kind of keep going here then. Uh, our 2020 season, it was, we, we, we made a reappearance at the uh, Motorama car show in Toronto which by the way was a big up I think for the club because I haven't seen that car, the the club at the show last time I remembered it being there was I want to say 2008 2009 so like that, that was the last time I remember seeing them there obviously I I could be absolutely wrong with that but why why did you guys decide to go back to the car show back to Motorama and bring five cars out of out of everyone uh, build a club up. They, how do you build a club up? You, in the off season, you get people excited, get people coming out. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, we wanted, we, we promised, we promised John uh, coming back to Flamborough Speedway that we're going to do what we can to help build up his fan base, yep. build our fan, fan base back up. And uh, that came into that. If we're going to go to the car show, uh, we're going to build up fan base. There's going to be people walking through. We talked to Greg McPherson 
uh, from Inside Track who runs uh, runs Motorama. Yep. That we wanted to, we didn't want to be stuck in a corner. We wanted to be out out near the aisle way. We, I mean, ultimately, and, and so 2021, they're not going to have Motorama. Unfortunately, gonna, no. They're, yeah, they're coming back in 2022. Where I, I'm pushing again for us to be moved over another row. Yeah. I want people to walk right through our display. We, in 2022, I'm hoping Greg McPherson allows us to have six to eight cars in in the show, and that you have to walk through those that our display to get from the entrance to the main hall that you have to come through us. That would be an awesome, uh, that would be awesome if that, if that was to happen. That, that, well, Cause that, it builds it up. It builds it. And the only way to build. To, so I, our, my, my goal was let's get to the car show. Let's get that excitement building. That's going to bring in more teams that are sitting on the fence. Yeah. And, and you know, ultimately we had, we had 30, I think it was 34, I think it was 34 cars registered. Yep. So that have registered numbers. <clears throat> so we had 34 cars to draw from and, and some of them ran out of time and, you know, COVID hit and that just causes more grief. Yeah. So, you know, next year we're up to 30, 37 or 38 and I'm still working on that. So, uh, and then hopefully uh, the next year I pick up the balance of it, we get to 40. So by 2022, we'll have 40 cars to draw from. And hopefully have 30 cars at the track every Saturday night. That would be an awesome site. That's for sure. So we're going back to Motorama to be, to be clear. Yep. Uh, and, and on top of that, so Motorama costs money. It's not yep. a free, it's not, a, it used to be a free ride for us because we're a nonprofit organization that changed a few years back. Yep. And uh, so it, it cost us uh, a, a pretty penny to be in it, but our title sponsor, um, Young Drivers of Canada stepped up and paid the bill. And we, and honestly, we can't thank Young Drivers of Canada for sticking with us throughout the whole 2020 season because that was, they, they could have up and left, but you know what? They stuck with us and, and they helped. They helped. Jared Murphy and his family have, have been a big part of this rebuild. Yep. Um, if you, if you or any of your family members are, are looking to get your driver's license, Absolutely, call the Kitchener branch of Young Drivers of Canada, um, and and tell the staff that you heard it from the Canadian Vintage Modifieds, uh, which would support us because they see that there's a return on their investment, and yep. you're gonna and you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get treated well because you're involved you're involved with our organization, and whether you're a member of the club or not, if you're listening to this podcast, hey, give them a call. It's worth it's worth the phone call. Yeah, exactly. So now we're going to slide up to when COVID hit. So COVID shut down the car show in at March there, shut down the Sunday pro- program of it. And we kind of sat idle for about two months, two, three months. What was happening in the background to make sure that if, if, and when we were going to get back racing, we were going to be up front and center. Uh, lots of phone calls and lots of, lots of discussion. Um, Spent spent quite a bit of time talking to John Caselli at yep. Lambro Speedway and um, uh, talking to him about car count. Uh, going on about we talked numerous times about the rebuild of the club, where we're at, what kind of car count we're looking at. Um, 
we we talked a few times uh, about what's going to happen. Can we race? Can we do, you know, what can happen uh, going forward? Being as it doesn't look like we're going to have a season. So uh, through April and May, there was really nothing happening. It was uh, all waiting on the government. And then, and then we got discussing uh, that June there was going to be a race. Uh, it was going to be a late model race. And uh, I called John and said, I want to be involved. Like, what, what's it going to take? Yeah. Uh, and then, and then uh, Adam Ross called me on behalf of G-Force and asked whether the club would, would sponsor uh, part of the G-Force show. Because um, again, there's a cost. Everything in racing has a cost. Yep. So th there's a cost to have the G-Force program. That first race, June 20th, there was a cost to G-Force to have the broadcast broadcast. Yep. Um, so we talked to John, and John said, okay, I'm going to pay the purse that we negotiated for a regular show. Um, and then we talked to, uh, well, Adam Ross called us about G-Force. To, to help put the show together, G-Force was a big part of it, uh, having a broadcast. So at the start, it was only going to be the late models because, uh, but the, it, there had to be an increase in their purse. So on top of the cost for G-Force, there also had to be some, some give and take to help boost the purse to get the late model show on the go to help that become a reality. Yeah. Um, so we got asked to, to pony up some cash and um, we did. We, uh, we paid, we took some money out of our points fund. Yeah. Put it, to, put it towards the show because it was the first show. I, I believe it was the first show in Ontario on a short track for the 2020 season. I, I don't think did Varney have any shows before that? Varney um, did race, but there I was think, nothing live streams. Right, right. So they had a they had a couple of uh, Saturday night shows that they were doing, but yeah, there was no no big dollar shows. No. Um, so this was like the first big show of 2020, and I I felt that part of the rebuild of the club. There were there's a there was a whole bunch of things. So when I got elected, I, I you're gonna have to remind me to come back to this because I have to I have to go back. <laughs> to, I I have to because I do that. So yep. when I got elected as president, my I ran on the platform that I'm gonna make changes to this club to the way it's been run and the way it's been done for 25, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. I'm making changes to the club to better this club and, and build it back up. It's got stale and we've lost car count. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of teams that were against that and um, made some comments behind the scenes. And because I never put it as a motion on the floor and had the teams actually say, yes, we agree with you. Um, so our, our next general meeting, I, that's exactly what I did. I took it to the general membership and said, this is what I want to do to, to bring this club back. And I need, Basically, I'm a dictator. I need the power that you accept that I'm going to do what's best for the club, not one team. It's the best for the whole organization. Yeah. 
and and every team, including the teams that weren't happy with where I was going, every single one unanimously uh, they agreed to to do. So there were a couple of like the coilover springs, uh, yep. a couple of things that we changed. That none nothing that I changed made any car become superior to any car. Just made them easier to buy parts for to set up. So everybody's happy, and we yep. move forward. And we move forward. That being said, uh, I was I was because I had the power to make decisions without keep having to go back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I had the power to negotiate with John and with and with uh, G Force TV to make to make sure that all this hard work hadn't gone for naught, that we were going to be part of this big show. Yeah, and and then of course. I had to show off and ride the wall because, uh, <laughs> you know, that's part of the show and, and it's all staged. In the <laughs> yeah. yeah. But let's not go with that. Cause I think, uh, Adam, uh, a couple of weeks ago said it about, uh, the finishing to the, to the on NASCAR Tuesday. cup season. Yeah. On two, on, well, a couple of weeks ago, once you broadcast this. Exactly. That's, that's what I was, that's what yeah. I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, you're right. He did make that comment. That he was, made that comment that there, that it's that, Maybe or maybe not, things are staged in NASCAR, but I can guarantee you nothing is staged in the yeah, yeah, CVM right. class at Flamborough yeah, Speedway. It wasn't, I wasn't. I didn't spend that <laughs> kind of that kind of uh, big money to fix that car to stage to stage driving the wall. Um, like Adam said it on the broadcast, he goes, "Most people that would end their career uh, hitting the wall like that." But um, yeah, I'm too stubborn. Been doing this for too long, so. Uh, yeah, we we got to be part of that show, and uh, and we got a whole lot of kudos. Uh, yeah, every all our sponsors were happy. Salva Falls Tent and Trailer Park, uh, our associate sponsor, uh, he was ecstatic. Uh, he got he got some airtime with me riding the wall because he also sponsors <laughs> my car. Yeah, uh, touch uh, Touchwood Cabinetry, uh, Jason Bowden, uh, he's an associate sponsor of the club. He was he was pretty excited about that show. I think he ran that show. I think yeah, he he, he ran the first show. The seven but then, car, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we we so what we did, we we did the show, and then because we had a good car count, um, we were part of three more shows. Yep. You know, because the club stepped up, and I kept saying to the club over and over again, "You need to be at the show." If your car yeah. can run, you need to be at the show. So there's a couple of teams that I'm I'm a little disappointed with because, you know what, I, I bust my ass and spend uh, all my money to get my car back on the track. Yeah. I bust my ass and basically close my business for a month and a half to build the club up for, you know, three or four teams to park their car and have it sit because we didn't have a big crowd or because we didn't have – For I don't care what the reason is. Your car yeah. had four four wheels on an engine that ran. You should have been at the racetrack. All right, guys. That was the first half of our conversation with John Carley. Uh, due to our time restraint that I want to keep it about an hour long, we are going to have to pause it there. And we're going to have to split this episode into two episodes. That is right. You're going to get a double dose of John Carley. Uh, so expect this one to come out. Uh, expect the next one to come out next Wednesday. Uh going to take a little bit of time here just to uh inform everyone that we're going to have some great guests coming up so i hope you guys stick around i hope you guys enjoy this first half of our john carly two-part episode 
And uh, we will see you guys next Wednesday with the second part of our episode with John Carley. Once again, my name is John Morrison, and this is the True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Jomo Media.